Hey, Rasha. How you doing today? Hey, Mom. I'm great. How are you? Not bad for this Saturday. It's a little rainy and cold outside. Yes, it is raining. It's pouring. The old man is snoring. That's how I be sounding? That's what you're trying to say? Yeah, that's how it feels. It's a little rainy day, but we are awake and recording. Last episode, how did we get here? We talked about our run-in with a really disrespectful young child, and we were reflecting on our contributions to other people's villages, how our interactions with people throughout our day can impact how different people choose to express themselves when they interact with other people, especially children, how their interactions with us can shape their lives. Yeah, and they say out of the mouth of babes, I wasn't really expecting that to come out that child's mouth. But, you know, it starts from home. We have to do better with our village. Yes, our global, communal, all those villages. All right, let's jump in to today's episode. I'm Raja, the daughter. I'm Angela, the mom. And this is Talking Brown Sugar. Sugar. I want some of your brown sugar. Let's drop a few sugar cubes, a.k.a. some news. A little report from City Lab talking about LED streetlights. Communities adopt government-funded, eco-friendly LED lights as an environmental measure. Somewhere that the eyes on the bulbs may be a bit liberal. As they illuminate the streets, they would be watching and recording what happens below and attached to our cameras, microphones, and other devices. The biggest appeal of the lights and their efficiency is cost-saving potential. They aren't designed specially to surveil. But the bulbs' complex writing and strategy... Posting making recording devices is easily a, a attention. This is attention? Yes. Keep going, keep going. I'll cut it. Okay, my point of view on this, installing the bulbs for a smart service for the 21st century, for safe or unsafe in the public's eyes or in the community of the poor, that which to me, who's going to really fund this, even though they say they're going to have funding in their states? Sometimes you could be sitting in a park, having lunch with your child, just hanging out with friends. Or they can catch predators that snatches up people, purses, carjackings. So who are really safe? When they're making these lights, you got to think it's going to surveil more into your place of living and in your place of business. So who's really safe? Do y'all think it's a smart thing or not? Yes. Comment on this episode about what you think about, you know, LED lights also doubling as extra surveillance and CCTV assistance and aids and things like that. Um, I think, sure, let's have more cost-efficient LED lights to have brighter and well-lit cities. Um there are two ways to think about that. That's more light pollution, possibly. But the extra surveillance makes me wonder who, like you said, who are they actually surveilling? 
and will they have more of the actual surveillance tools inside of communities of colors that are already over policed so that's a worry i have as well um and just who can like can you hack them is it easy to hack these things um where where like what are we where are we taking this who who are really surveilling how how well can we see cops and will they have something in addition to their body cams where they move through communities where they can you know turn off mics and things from a distance or if that's possible but more surveillance doesn't necessarily mean a more safer and a safer environment it just means whatever negative crime takes place is caught on camera yes who's catching all this data and how's it going to be used against you or for you are your taxes going up with it hmm how safe is it what's the wi-fi it's going to be waves in it people going to be having headaches some things just not going to be healthy we have to be smarter raise questions where is your awareness yes you can just take more and more of an involved stance in those town hall meetings and community meetings raise these questions and talk to your local representatives to make sure they are aware of their implementation and how they may affect you all as a community individuals now for miss rogers news yes the two articles i have are pretty disheartening pretty sad but we have to talk about them news can't be rainbows and sunshine all the time um the seven-year-old girl who died at the border did not receive medical care for 90 minutes yes we're talking about jacqueline kyle um when she was being transported between different holding stations at the border she well her father reported to border agents that she had began vomiting while they were in transport to the next location and she um once they arrived to the second location she hadn't received um any a medical attention even though she was experiencing different symptoms of dehydration so this little seven-year-old guatemalan girl she died of liver failure dehydration and um it's just it's sad that she has to be a martyr for you know, the surge and different people who are trying to seek asylum in our country that we have these children who are in what are similar to concentration camps and their families who are met at the border. Um, they're not trying to sneak in. These are people who are going to the border and saying, hey, we're seeking asylum. We're not trying to enter in to the country illegally. Like we're here. We need help. Can we get some help? Like, they literally came to ask for help. And because of the neglect of the agents, you have deaths like this. But um, we've seen in documentary, well, I've seen in different documentaries um, how many people have died just trying to cross and make the trek from wherever they come from. She's coming from Guatemala, and that's thousands of miles away from the border. Um, we hear different stories about her family mourning her and trying to figure out what's, what happened, what's, what's going on with her and her body. 
and what's going on with her dad. Um, he's been released from the actual custody for the time being, but you know we don't really have news on what steps were taken between them arriving at the first border location and being transferred on a bus, transferred to on a bus for over two hours to the next location and her death, uh, which could have been avoided had she been able to receive some kind of medical attention. It's just, it's crazy that we have so much money. We talk about increasing spending at the border patrol and the border patrol stations, but like what, what is the money going for? It's just more bodies, more agents, um, to police the border why don't we have medical facilities on site or medical training given to the actual agent so if something were to come up they would be able to handle it just as they would some kind of violent thing because they are armed with guns um, bulletproof vests and other similar like paramilitary type things and we have so much fun to go into the wall, but like, where's the fun in actually going? They say in other reports um, that they aren't prepared to meet the needs of the larger surges of migrants who are coming to seek asylum. Like, they aren't prepared for families, meaning, you know, it's not just adults who they would assume could handle more pain and do without. They have kids, babies. I mean, but they've already, we've already seen whole families crossing and trying to come to America before um, we've had the story about little Jacqueline. So it doesn't make sense that, you know, you wouldn't be prepared for this. They knew this was going to happen. They're having families. They just want to try to start and just sugarcoat it like it never happened. But it's happening every day. They need to be prepared. Government, get off your butts. Yeah, it's unfortunate that this happened to little Jacqueline. Um, I don't even want to imagine just how many people, kids, babies, family, who have tried to cross um, in different ways and who didn't make it. So many people who haven't made it and are still dying on their way there or are dying in custody. Um, that's what I was, that's, you know, we're talking about with more camera and surveillance. Correct. We're just recording it in a different way. It's harder to cover up because you have so many different ways you can capture information and news um, as an individual and leak it to larger news sources. So it's no telling what we also don't know is so much we don't see. And it's just unfortunate. It is. And another story involving a nine-year-old. This is coming from the Washington Post. Um, nine-year-old's family says she's committed suicide after racist bullying, including taunts of kill yourself. So we have little Mackenzie Adams. Her grandmother found her. And this was December. This article came out December 12th. But um, on December 3rd, her grandmother found her. She uh, Mackenzie, she hung herself after over the family said over a year of bullying because she was picked up by a white family. They carpooled together and she befriended the boy in the family who was also attending her school. And the other kids at the school were just really racist. This is um, in Alabama, the elementary school, the U.S. Jones Elementary School. 
and they just harassed her because you know it's like you you're black they were calling her a black bee and trying to figure out or asking her questions like who do you think you are just because you have a white friend just because he's a white boy being nice to you you still a black in um and just all kinds of crazy stuff telling her to kill herself and this is a fourth grader a nine-year-old fourth grader and it's just crazy she had to go through bullying um up until the point where she felt she the only option she had left was to kill herself she had already transferred schools she talked to um, teachers even an assistant principal at the school and um still the only way she found or felt that she could get some peace was to take her own life and by hanging herself and we have a history in this country of a lot of children, young children, um, who are 13, teen, 10, under, who are killing themselves for different reasons. All of them revolve around different forms of bullying, whether it be virtual, in their face, you know, on the ride home, on the bus. But kids who are being bullied to a point where they feel they have to kill themselves. And, um, like, we have one story of a young boy who killed himself because people were calling him gay and saying he was acting gay and just picking on him for his different, however he acted, saying that he was gay and things like that. And he killed himself. Um, but thinking about Mackenzie, hers was, her parent, her family reported that it was racially motivated and most of the harassment was racist in form. As a parent, how you protect your child? When you hear and try to listen to them, you tell them to go to the teacher, and everybody's so busy, we can give them counseling. But this child comes home faced with it. The next day, she's faced with it. We have to put a face to this and stop. This bullying is going too far. Yes. Um, what if her family members started a GoFundMe um, to help with building the McKinsey Foundation, which will aim to stop bullying. Um, it'll be a source for resources and different things, community actions can be put into place to help kids who are being bullied, but also start to create either punishments, some form of punishment for the people who are doing the bullying. Um, she was talking about this family member that started the GoFundMe to help with the McKinsey um, Foundation, Edwina Harris, uh, was saying she felt that God put her in a position to be able to talk to more people and to give a voice because there are so many voiceless kids. She wants to give a voice through the McKinsey Foundation to those kids who feel voiceless and feel like they don't have an outlet or some form of support. But I think we have to go beyond supporting um, kids who are victims of bullying. We have to go beyond supporting victims of these kinds of crime. Like, yes, support helps in that time, but it's like it's too late for Mackenzie. Like all this support, like it's not gonna do anything for her. She's already gone. It's too late. So I think we need to start making moves to actually have punishments to prevent more more cases of this kind of suicide from bullying. We have to have some kind of legal ramifications 
just some kind of precedent set so people know you do X, this will happen. But we also know that studying humans, when we have these kind of ramifications in place, there's always going to be a new form of the crime that has developed to kind of evade um, any kind of authority that's in place to uh, control people and dish out the actual punishments. So, yes, we'll come up with ramifications or a law um, to prov- that can punish people based on the basis of bullying being the result of the de- of the death of the death or the suicide. So, there'll be ways that people can try to avert it by going virtually or um, learning how to tiptoe around the law. So it's like, well, how can you prove it was bullying if we did it this way or the words were taken out of context? And that's why I understand it's so hard now to develop legislation now to um, punish people for bullying. But at the same time, we got to start somewhere and start now. I think there should be some kind of mandatory minimum set the same way we have mandatory minimums for people who are carrying a certain amount of marijuana in their pocket there should be mandatory minimums for people who have been found to be bullies juvie exists because i know a lot of these cases there are young adults young children who are involved in the bullying whether it be they they're expelled from school or they have to do some kind of community service programs in place but there needs to be some kind of punishment now what you on that sweetie now for some sweet deets molos catering llc on a monica mo williams contact 919-641-8615 location in durham north carolina she's featuring delicious shrimp po boys fish plates and other good delicious items. Her homemade Kool-Aid pickles. You can feature her or see her on Facebook. Contact her on molosfood at gmail.com. Yes, we also have On The Way Up promotions. They are looking to help you build your customer base and increase your audience. So if you're trying to promote your own business, if you're a model, you're an artist, you want to promote some of your art, you're a blogger, vlogger, or even a podcast like us, find On The Way Up promotions on Instagram at On The Way Up underscore promotions, and you will be talking to the owner, Olivia Brown, On The Way Up promotions. If you own a business or would like for us to shout out a business that you love, please email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com. Please use the subject line business feature and we'll consider whatever you send us. Thanks. Now let's move into our main discussion. What are we talking about today, Mom? Borrowing and lending items. Yes, what about it? What about it? What about it? How can you let somebody hold something of yours and it returns back broken, maybe never returns back, put in a box, and that's not your item you lent out? It's just rude. It makes me really mad. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't have a crazy lending policy, but 
if I don't really know you, there's not a lot that I can do for you. Whether it be lending money, um, a makeup palette or something that I haven't used or would not be using in the future. Um, I don't share or lend brushes or combs unless I'm trying to actually help you out with a style. But yeah, I think it's just safer to not lend things that I really, really like. Well, in my past history, I've learned. I try to be nice, lend out. A head dryer that sits on the table comes back broken. Weed eater comes back broken. They take my kindness for a joke. But when I bring it up, I'm the bad person. I'm the mean person. Or you all that person. But in life, I do know when to say no. I think we all have to take a stand and say no. No is a good negative. No can be a positive negative. Let's people know where you stand. You just can't put up with no more. But it'd be nice if people would just be responsible. Return it back the same way I gave it to you. If I gave it to you raggedy, okay, return it back to me raggedy. But if I gave it to you clean, neat, for use, I would like it back the same way. That's all I got to say about that. Because you really don't want me to say some of these words on this here. What'd you say? I mean, just let them know. I don't, you don't have to use any names, but... I don't know, give give us a detailed example of something you lent. Like what's something specific? What's when when did you learn that you can't just lend anything to people? I learned it early in life. Teenage, adulthood. Specifically. Like I said, like like my hair dry. I let a blender. So it was your hair dry. Which one was it like, okay, that's it. I have had it. It's a little bit of all of that. It's once when people will come back to me to ask, and when I said no, that's when it became a problem. And that's when I was letting them know, it's not a problem. You come to me. Like I said, don't make your problems my problem, because I'm going to end it. Have you ever lent something to someone and forgot you lent it to them? Nope. Never. So, So you always get your things back, just not the same way you lent it out? Yeah, it comes back... Unrecognizable. I'll be like, what is this? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. I can't recognize the item in the box or it comes back torn up and then I'm looking at it like this person has really tried me. And they look at it like it's okay. It's okay. It's yours. No, that's not mine. And then we get an argument. I think yes. Um the, that process can be very telling of you as the lender and them as the lendee, especially like what you're saying with the condition of the item when it leaves your custody and when it comes back. But on the borrowing end, do you borrow a lot of different kind of things from friends or family? No, I try not to. Why? Because... It can break up a happy home. People are not mindful. If you break something mind, just say it or replace it. I might even say don't even worry about it. But don't act like it's, it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I've i I've borrowed money and stuff for friends who I knew could come through. But for me, just borrowing money, you know, making sure you get it back in a timely fashion or not being that person who's avoiding the person I owe money to, 
because um, I know how it is to be on the other end of lending somebody money and then, you know, they act like they don't owe you money. Um, or, you know, I mean, because it's clear when I, if I lend somebody money, it's like I'll either say don't worry about it and I mean it. But if I'm like, okay, you know, I need that back. I'm going to need it back. And I need you to act like you trying to get it back. Whenever I see you, I got it coming this week or what. Let me know something. But don't just act like we didn't have this conversation. And, you know, we didn't have the discussion about what was supposed to happen after whatever was lent to you was lent. Usually usually most time, most of the time when I lend something, it's like, don't worry about it. I just don't want to go through the whole checking in and checking it out like a library. You know, you got to check the new used whatever mark for the condition it is received in. Well, see, I'm going back to my earlier years. I've helped somebody with a car payment. I end up taking them to court. And their mom went with me to the bank to get the money out. And we did a promissory note. They thought I was not the person who would take it any farther, and then they didn't pay me. We went to court. It was small claims. I ended up getting my money back. But it was the point that I had to prove that you came to me trusting me, me not saying nothing to none of the family members or friends, like, guess what, somebody's borrowing money from me, blah, blah, blah. Because people would not believe that that would happen. But sometimes you need help, and you look for people to say, look, I need a favor. A favor is a favor, not a payment plan. But if you don't have it, say you don't have it. I think that's a good policy to have, um, to handle it, you know, in a business manner with some concrete contracts. Um, Let us know in the comment section of this episode on our Facebook, Instagram, hit us up on Twitter. Anyway, just let us know what you guys think or what policies and what rule of thumb do you operate in when you are either lending or, you know, borrowing from somebody. What is your rule of thumb? Or tell us about a funny story or horror story you've had with lending or borrowing something from somebody. And that's it for our main discussion. Yeah. And guess what, people? We have some feedback. It's from my older brother. C.J. Roosevelt. Yeah, he left us a voice message. We'll let you guys hear that now. I think you guys are like awesome and I just want to tell you that I really appreciate how open you guys are with your conversations. I just cannot believe that I'm missing out on the ethnic experience. If you guys could just talk about more more black girl stuff that was like <laughs> I really think y'all are doing a good job. Keep it going. I'm, I'm going to keep listening. All right. Thank you, CJ Roosevelt. I'm sure you can find him on Twitter at CJ Roosevelt <laughs> and hear and learn more about him and his different view of the world. Hey, Mom, do you have any special events coming up? No, I don't, but I think you have some exciting news. Yes, Dr. Brown Sugar is going live. We'll be hosting a Facebook Live episode of the show on the last week of December. We're not going to give you specific date and time just yet, but if you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you will get those details. 
So our Facebook is Talking Brown Sugar. Our Instagram is also Talking Brown Sugar. Again, our Twitter is Talking Brown Sug. So that's Talking Brown S U G. You can also email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com if you have any questions or other comments you would like to list, but don't want to list them anywhere else. But feel free to like this episode, share it when you're hearing it. And as always, this is Roger. This is Angela. We out!